What's going on, everybody? And welcome back here on the Boot Sports Network. It's time for another episode of Boots to Balls. Balls. I am David Storm Manning, PA announcer, game day host for your 2-0, top of the NFC South, New Orleans Saints! And joining me, as always, the man with a master plan, Double D himself, Donald Dunn. Absolutely. Welcome, everybody. It's good to be a sports fan in Louisiana for once. Yeah, it is. Look, you know we're going to get into it. Oh, absolutely. Wins across the big three and even beyond. So we could have talked about a whole slew of things to start the show. We flipped the coin backstage. That's right. College football wins. So, let's get it kicked off this week. I'm going to go right into it, just like LSU did not waste any time this weekend going right into Mississippi State. This one was a dominant performance by the Tigers that has gained what we hoped it would, national recognition and a place back in the dominant category. Pardon the interruption. What adjective did you just use to describe that performance? The uh, dominant. Dominant? Dominant. Have we have we heard this before? It's funny. If you don't mind, I'd like to take a moment just to remind folks what I said just last week. Mm. To the boot screen. You need to have a convincing, dominant win on both sides of the ball against somebody in your conference to re-spark the conversation that, hey, we are a conference threat. You should be worried about us. And nobody expected LSU not to blow out Grambling. Yeah. Uh, which is why they didn't move at all in the polls. No. They went from 14 to 14. Now, I said dominant then. You said dominant now, and I don't want to be someone who toots my own horn. So I'm actually going to let a Mississippi State fan do it for me. Quite a prominent one there. Uh, this, oh, I love this. This was um, it's, uh, Brandon Walker. Brandon there Walker from Barstool Sports. And if this, uh, this TikTok video was uh, posted under the handle unneck roughness because it was a, a oh, little yeah. a duo and if you've seen it you'll notice that the version we're about to play for you has been edited to maintain the family for the family friendly uh, version that we uh that we need to to promote here on the show but god did i love his Ooh. comments back to the boot screen Worst day of the year is the first time your team loses. I unfortunately experienced that today. But I do want to thank the LSU Tigers for one thing. I didn't have to do it in heartbreaking fashion. That was a 41-14 beating that frankly wasn't that close. Didn't feel half that close. LSU never really gave me hope today. They they just came out, they stomped on my puppy's throat right in the right in the beginning and never let him breathe. I thank them for that because there was never a moment today where I was like, it was almost our year. No, no, they stuck it down our throats immediately and we had to choke on it all day. So LSU just absolutely broke it off. It hurt, but it didn't hurt as, it didn't hurt as much as if they'd been like, beat us like 27-21. 41 to 14. Would you call that performance by LSU dominant? I would say so. I would say so. Not only on offense, might I add, but defense. And it was nice to see that performance come out. We weren't exactly expecting that, but man, did they do their job well. They absolutely did. And you know what I'm happy to see on top of all of those things? They have moved in the polls. Yes. Finally, LSU moving up to 12 or 13, depending on which poll you prefer. And it's one step in the right direction. I prefer 12. Yeah, we'll go 12 here on wherever, this show. Wherever higher, however higher you want to put that's it. That's right. That's that's what I prefer. I'm very excited to see that, especially when you open up in that dominant fashion against a conference opponent. Absolutely. And speaking of dominating, you are actually now seeing a conversation start to pick up 
and this is something that we're just now seeing toward day two once people are taking a look at it. Dominant in total offense right now is not only the LSU offense, but it is Jaden Daniels, who is currently ranking third overall in the country in total offense, just behind a few guys, you know, Caleb Williams, former Heisman Trophy winner, and uh, this one guy in Colorado that's pretty popular right now, Shadur Sanders. So, oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, so I'd say... Uh, <laughs> Did he have, like, a famous dad or something? Something like that, yeah. So I'd say the offense is clicking this week. So, I actually, you brought up a name that I wanted to address, because over the past couple of weeks... Uh, especially since the Florida State loss, oh, yes. there has been a ton of Jaden Daniels hate yes. out there. And and we're going to get into this when we start talking about the Saints, too. The Saints won, but still all over the place, people are calling for Derek Carr's head. We'll talk about that later. First, we need to address the Jaden hate. Yes. Jaden was 30 for 34, 361 in the air. That's 10.6 yards per completion. That is a first down every time a ball is caught. Guaranteed that's, first that's, down. That's a breaking video game number. Right he there. had two passing touchdowns, and he was also the rushing leader. 15 carries, 64 yards, two more touchdowns on the ground, and that was just last week. Yep. Going uh, back, looking at the season so far, as you mentioned, he is the third-ranking quarterback in the nation when it comes to total offense. And he is still in the uh, the Heisman Trophy Absolutely. conversation. Absolutely. But, but, but wait, there's more. Jaden Daniels, when he throws for 20-plus yards, he is 8 for 11, 337 yards, mm. five touchdowns, no picks. That is a nation-leading 30.6 yards per attempt. A nation-leading 66.7% big-time throw percentage. Say it with me. A, a nation-leading nation 81.8% adjusted completion percentage. Ooh. Brett, say it with us. A nation-leading nation 98.8 PFF grade. And still in the Heisman Trophy conversation, stop hating on my boy. And that is something that I think every LSU fan was able to take a break, take a breath of fresh air Sort of relax a little bit. We don't have to worry about it. Okay, the team can perform in the SEC. This is a conversation I've had with people, and now I'm bringing it to you all. LSU is a team designed to beat SEC opponents. We're going to not see quite the same performance. Game one, where you have all the different areas to work out. Game one, where you have people who are having to face suspensions that were occurred in the offseason. Once you get this team clicking, once you get this team full of its players, its playmakers who are proving to be nationally and locally recognized players, you are seeing what the true power that put LSU in that conversation to win the SEC, to put them in the conversation to be the driver's seat. It's all showing itself right now, and I don't think we're going to see that let up this week against Arkansas. I agree with you. And to your point, while we're talking about all the fantastic and amazing things that the offense can do, we glanced over the defense, which has been outstanding oh, this season. And this was another thing that I was happy about this weekend. I heard names. Yes. I heard Makai get called. I heard Mason Smith get called. Mm. Harold Perkins. The Tigers D had four sacks, seven tackles for loss, four passes defended. My only gripe. Mm. It's my only gripe, my only gripe about here. the defense. In a game where you're that dominant. Yes. And that's the word we've been using, dominant. It mm -hmm. was a dominant performance on both Absolutely. sides of the ball. 
You should be able to come up with at least one turnover somewhere. You would think. You would think. Now, you had some good performers also that we didn't quite see, you know, become the household name yet, but some guys I want you all to watch out for. You saw the Weeks brothers step yeah. in where you had a man go down in the linebacking court. Weeks brothers contributed for not only six tackles from uh, Witt, but Wes also came in with a few of his own. So you're looking at those two guys come in and put up 10 tackles off the bench, not necessarily expected to come in, but yet they're making plays in the game. This shows that the team has that next man up ability and you have some depth there. You got to wonder if there was like a, a little fun family bet between the Weeks brothers as to who was going to have the bigger oh, game. Absolutely. Whoever doesn't like whoever doesn't play better has to buy the family dinner after the game. <laughs> you have to. Wonder. Oh man, it's on fine. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're going to get steak, son. Boy, I hope you got money in that wallet because I'm ready. I like I could see that, and I think oh, it was because yeah. the way that those two played, there was there was definitely some a motivation, lot of energy there, a lot, a lot, of, lot energy. of energy. All right, well, we left one guy out so far. We haven't said his name. I think it'd be remiss if we didn't, but we're gonna get to him later too. That was a Malik Neighbors man put up two hundred. Oh, yeah. He I'm did a, do some. I'm things. gonna give him his extra yard. Two hundred forty yards, thirteen catches, two touchdowns, and. Uh, Wide receiver core is going good. Give um, give Malik Neighbors his flowers. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. He earned those flowers, and we'll talk about it later. He and Jaden, uh, again, with some recognition, well-deserved. Malik Neighbors was unstoppable That's in Star right. Vegas. Now, um, we got some more football to play. It's not a one-game season. And LSU did have one position that we see as, at least on the offense, Maybe the one that needs a little bit of uh, polishing, a little bit of fine-tuning, and that's the running game because we have now seen, once again, Jaden Daniels is your leading rusher. And while we love Jaden Daniels and everything he can do, having that sort of lack of a even featured back in the stable is starting to become a question mark for the Tigers. You have eight players on roster as listed running back. Eight. There's no reason that you can't have one designated as your stand-up. Oh, yeah. There is no reason for Jaden Daniels to consistently week in and week out be the leading rusher. We know that if he gets pressured, he can scramble, he can scamper, he can yep. move. And that is excellent. But the whole point is to not need that. And then when you're talking about the rushing game, it's not that Jaden Daniels is taking over. Yeah. As much as it is... And I don't know if it's an issue of play calling or if it is player execution or if it's a little bit of both. But the running game outside of Jaden Daniels and what he has been able to do, dare I say, I think has been a little lackluster so far this season. It could be better. And here's a little bit of just a theory here. You have to wonder, is this sort of the extended uh, position battle that Brian Kelly has said, okay, we have so many guys who are at least competent, let's let them play in game action, and then we'll whittle down who gets the majority of the carries from there. You know, it's starting to see like maybe that's the plan, maybe that's what's been working out. Because if you look at it, I believe there's three guys here who have a real chance to sort of step up and become that next uh, uh, dominant backs in the stable. Because I don't think LSU's going to a single back system. That's uh, a little bit too far-fetched with this much talent. But, uh, let's see, do you have any names you want to start with? Well, I think, you know, when, you, when you're looking for a front runner, 
Logan Diggs has I to be the name to at the top of the list. I have to agree. Uh, his production so far throughout the season, I think, has been head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, and I've been very, very impressed. Um, you've got some guys who are a little younger on the team. Uh, Trey, Holly, Caleb Jackson, uh, who are, are both freshmen, who yep. I think, uh, you know, you look at a Caleb Jackson, six foot, 225. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give him the ball and let him come right up the middle. I think that in a year or two, yeah. you put a, a couple more pounds of muscle on that kid. That's going to be unstoppable. I, I would hate to be the guy who has to stop him in the middle of the defensive line. I don't want to be that guy. No, not at all. You saw what he could do this week. Correct. Put He's, a man on his back. Uh, he has all the potential to be a legit freight train Absolutely. in the backfield. And, and LSU definitely needs that. I think if you're going to play running back by committee, you've got to have a finesse runner, yep. and you've got to have a freight train. Yep. You've got to have somebody that when it's third and one, mm-hmm. you know that you're going to give them that ball – and no matter how many people the defense stacks in the box, they're still going to pop off four or five because you just can't take them down. Exactly. And it seems like Brian Kelly sort of has uh, narrowed it down as far as with his veteran that he's going to let go out there, handle a lot of the pass block. And I believe that's Noah Kane. He got brought in last year, and you've seen what he was able to do. He gets constant playing time throughout the system, no matter what game situation might be brought up. I think he's a permanent lock there. We already brought up Diggs. I feel like he's established himself this season as a potential breakout player. And, you know, I'd say Josh Williams is your other guy there who's going to get maybe this bulk share of carries. You know, you're still going to see some from the younger guys. Don't get me wrong, especially in some of those, you know, not as uh, competitive games, maybe like we'll see this week against Arkansas. Watch for the prediction at the end. But, you know, it's it's going to become an interesting talking point, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I would love to see what they do with it, and I would also love to see them start to diversify the run calls. Oh, absolutely. I feel like if I had a nickel for every time Brian Kelly in the last two weeks yeah. ran the ball up the middle, I could buy both of y'all a, a, a Coke. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's $5 worth of nickels. In today's economy. And, and uh, you know what? They're winning, so I I'm not mad at exactly. it. I can't we, be we mad can't. at it. But it's it's starting to get to, like, Saints football, where you can tell, oh, he's coming right up the middle. Oh, there he is. He's coming right up the middle. Boom. And the up-the-middle game is not popping off the chunks of yards that you would hope and expect this talented LSU offense to be able to pull. And look, as we go into this week against Arkansas, they're not the strongest team on their side of the offensive ball, but their run defense is what is their standout position group. It's what they're uh, sort of making themselves known for this year. And, you know, if uh, Sam Pittman and his boys come in and they're able to do what they've been doing so far, LSU may have that running problem that they can't get it fixed. Let's see. You mean Jaden Daniels is going to have to throw the ball again? Whoa, that shouldn't be a problem at all. Shucks. Uh, moving right along, yep. Tulane, uh, while we're talking college football, they had a bit of a rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to Southern Miss. We just owned Mississippi all the way Ooh, around the block. Feels good. We? Feels good. Started quarterback Michael Pratt for the Green Wave. He did not play for the second straight week due to this knee injury that he suffered back in week one. We'll talk about that a little yep, bit more absolutely. in just a second. So sophomore quarterback Kai Horton, who I wasn't super high on yeah. last week. Uh, he would come out, lead the wave again. This time he was 12 and 19, 186 yards, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And one way or the other, he had a hand in all three right. of the LSU scores. Um, well, those numbers are not terrible. And he no turnovers, which yeah, is no an important stat as important. well. Uh, and while those numbers are not terrible, they're not really that good either. You know, that's an interesting one. Do you need the backup quarterback to be 
that good. I mean, I guess not, especially if you're winning. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about college football, and especially when you're, when you're, okay, as evidenced, when we get yes. back into the uh, the predictions, I don't think we expected Tulane to to be that far apart. No, from no, we Southern thought it Miss. would be a little closer. Um, I, I think we very much underestimated Tulane's defense in that one. But um, when you have these games, sometimes you want to see a Tulane go out. Oh, absolutely. And drop a, an LSU grambling score. Mm-hmm. 72, 63, hit somewhere in the 50s. Yeah, especially in those you know G5 teams. Uh, you can really open those defensive up very easily, and very I, easily. And I'll tell you, and this is a point that I think I'll probably hit a couple of times in this episode. Mm-hmm. We as Louisiana sports fans have gotten spoiled oh, oh, by over-excelling high-octane offenses. Mm-hmm. We're used to being able to put points on the board and run scores up on people, whether it's Drew Brees being super proficient or whether it is Joe Burrow uh, Joe or, or Jaden Daniels in, in the recent weeks. Uh, Michael Pratt is still doing uh, – his numbers are outstanding. Yeah, he's yeah. only played the one game. But – um, so you want to see Tulane score more than seven points and a half. Oh, yeah. You want to see them drop 21 and a half. In that half. In, in that, like, yeah, 21 in, that, in those two quarters. You want to see them take a 21-3, 21-10 lead into the halftime. Exactly. You don't want that to be your final. As a college football fan, you're like, this is kind of dragging yeah, a little bit. Or uh, quarter way yet. <laughs> right, and I'll tell you what, and, and to their credit, when they came back out in the third quarter, mm-hmm. Boom! Fireworks! Yep. Because that's where all the rest of the points were scored. Right off the top. And there. then in the fourth quarter, crickets. Yeah. It, uh, just it just it was. Right I, I I hate saying that. To say that makes me sound like I only care about the offense. It was exceptional defensive oh, play far, in the fourth by quarter. By far, and you know that's that's something I always have seen from that first game going forward. Here, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I was following Tulane off season to the teeth into the you know absolute details. Since the first game, I have seen Tulane's defense show me good things. Did they hold Ole Miss for three quarters? Yes, they did. Did they hold uh, Southern Alabama to 17 points in a dominating victory? Yes, they did. That, to me, is the sign of a competent college defense, and then they go out against a out-of-conference opponent again, playing a lot of Sun Belt. Okay, Tulane, good choice. Um, you know, they hold Southern Miss to three points, so... With all that combined, I'd say, uh, you know, we have a good shot at uh, this game this week. Tulane Nichols might be uh, shut out. Ooh, early early giveaway, early giveaway. I'm going to have some apologizing to do in predictions. Um, um, so, a question oh. to you. Do you know what Tulane and LSU's defenses have in common? What is that? Despite excellent play this past weekend, neither one produced a turnover. mm Neither one. Both were dominant. Yeah. I mean, Southern Miss was held to three points. Completely left out of the end zone. Nope, Mm. can't come. Not invited. Yep. But no turnovers. I need, I would love as a college football fan Mm -hmm. to see the defenses continue to be this excellent, but just be petty. Oh, yeah. Punch out a fumble. Take Scoop and score. Pick six. Give me just a couple of just real dirty in-your-face interceptions. Give me something to get excited about other than just stopping the ball. Please, continue to keep stopping oh, yeah, the ball. we talk about momentum. But nothing. Let's do it with some style. Nothing flips the momentum like 
a good old defensive turnover, but nothing flips your momentum like the Boot Sports Network. And as an early listener of the Boot Sports Network, we want to invite you to like, follow, share, like we've been seeing this week. Thank you for the support so far. Head over to our social media, whatever you prefer, be it Facebook, Instagram, X, YouTube, uh, the entity known as Twitter, also X. We'll call it that. Can we still call it Twitter? Uh, we'll see. Probably we'll get sued. No, we didn't. It's always X. So as our subscribers, as our fans... Your content contribution is actually what makes this show so important. We're able to sort of get in touch with you if you go to bootsportsnetwork.com, right there in the contact section. That's where our questions situation is. You can go in there, insert whatever you want. You can even identify yourself by your social media handle if you really want to shout out. We're not afraid to do it here. And get your input in. Ask us a question. Tell us we're doing something wrong. Tell us we're doing something great. And we'd be happy to let you know on the next episode of Boots Balls. Yes, indeed. And still plenty of time available for you to be $10,000 richer before Christmas. Family Promise of St. Tammany Parish, they want to give you that $10,000. Family Promise is an organization that provides shelter, help, and hope for families on the North Shore and they cannot do it alone. So for only $25 from now until December 15th, you can buy tickets for their fourth annual Family Promise raffle. Starting on November 1st, they're going to draw for amazing daily prizes, and all daily winners remain eligible for the $10,000 grand prize drawing, which will take place on December 15th. The more tickets you have, the better your odds. So get yours now at fpstp.org. That is F. P-S-T-P, short for Family Promise, St. Tammany Parish, F-P-S-T-P dot org. Moving right along, we've talked about Tulane. Mm. We've talked about uh, LSU. I do want to ask you one question before we completely close the book on Tulane. Absolutely. So, prior to last week's game, they were removed from the AP Top 25. Mm Mm-hmm. Kai Horton has been, uh, he's he's done well enough in the job, past yeah. two weeks. Uh, if the AP top 25 went beyond 25, Tulane would currently be ranked 32nd based on the number of votes. They received the same number yep. of votes this week as they did last week. Do you think Tulane makes it back into the top 25 this week? I think they make it back, but it's only once we see other group of five teams start to lose. Um, their one loss will hold them back longer than it should as a team. And you see some other darlings right now forming like Fresno State. And, you know, that's who you're going to see maybe lifted or given a little bit of an unfair gift uh, as far as those votes go because they want to see that perfect zero in the loss column. I think once things shake out later in the season and you're really looking at who's the best team down there, Tulane will show who they are. I like it. I hope to see them back in the AP Top 25. Absolutely. Speaking of the best team, one of the best teams in the NFC South your New Orleans Saints. They defeat the Panthers Monday Night Football 20-17. to 17. Mm. I say one of the best teams because the NFC South uh, suddenly is loaded. Has gone from the worst division in football to having three teams at 2-0. Who would have thunked it? Mm. And one team at 0-2. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Carolina. Not sorry. No. Um, so, takeaways from the game. Uh, I... I predicted, and we'll we'll get into the predictions. Mm-hmm. Thirty-one to nine, and I feel like we almost held on to that nine. It was so close until the very end. I was so excited for that too. Oh yeah, I was cheering uh, it on at home. I was jaw jagging with cousin Bradley down there in Southwest Louisiana. Shout out to you, Bradley. 
And uh, and he was like, "There's no way you're gonna hit nine. I was like, "I'm gonna hit nine. And he goes, "You're not gonna hit nine." Man, and then they started driving. Cool. I was like, "I'm not gonna hit nine. Love garbage time. I knew I wasn't gonna hit thirty one very early on in the game, yeah. but I really wanted to hold on to that nine. Uh, and here's why. Uh, Saints offensive line was not as good as the defense. Yeah, well, just it, they could have been a lot better. I don't want to say they weren't good, but there was room to improve. There was a, there was some room to improve, and they've got to get better. Um, and I hate to single anybody out, yeah. but Trevor Penning is getting beat like like a like a clothesline on laundry day. Okay. All right. Like it, every time you see somebody get through the line, it looks like they're getting by Trevor Penning. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it just does, and it's a little noticeable. At this and you point. know what? He was injured last season. Yeah. His rookie year, he really didn't get a chance to benefit from uh, from having that game experience. Exactly. So now he's thrust into the starting job, and he's kind of learning while where he's got while he's going. And yeah, cool. You're not doing bad, but. Tighten it up a little bit, please. Um, And it's causing some issues, I think. Uh, The Saints need to work on their chemistry on offense. And and I mean this between uh, Derek Carr and the receiving Mm -hmm. core. There were a lot of miscommunications uh, in that game on Monday night. There were a lot of times where the ball looked like Derek Carr thought the receivers were going to end up somewhere where they weren't. And head was turned. Sometimes Derek Carr was way rushed, and he threw the ball where he thought the receiver was going to be. That happened late with... Tony Jones yep. in scoring position. Uh, it was right a, there by the end zone. Too. It was a third down, and I tell you what, Tony Jones turns around. It's not his fault. It's no. just the way the play worked out. Tony Jones turns around a second earlier. It's an easy catch and likely six points. Yep. And it didn't happen. Ended up leading to mm-hmm. uh, a field goal. So that's a tough thing. You can see the frustration on Derek Carr's face. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and you know, we talked about it early in the episode, all the, the QB hate. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to drop hate on the quarterbacks when – the team is not performing to the fans' expectations. Backup's favorite player in every team. So I thought it was funny um, because I try to be objective. I yeah. really do. As you know, as somebody who sits here in this seat and has to kind of give analysis and opinion, but somebody also who has connections to the organization, exactly. I want to try to be as fair as possible. So, you know, if you tell me that, um, man, we just got beat because the other team's uh, – like, we just, you know, whatever. There are two teams on the yeah. field. They're both professionals. Exactly. Everybody gets paid to do a job. Somebody just did their job a little better than somebody else. You win some, you lose some. Um, and Derek Carr, they did one of those little break-in things. Oh, we're going to go down to the field to Michelle Trefoy or whoever it was who yeah. was on the field. And they said, oh, yeah, everybody uh, in Carolina was uh, is giving Bryce Young a hard time and blah, 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 blah. And on the Saints sideline, you hear... Derek Carr, turn around to whoever yeah. was sitting next to him. They don't realize how hard this is. And it is. It is. It is. It's a one-of-a-kind job. Derek Carr is a veteran quarterback, 10 years of experience, mm-hmm. who I think is more than capable of leading the Saints offense to greatness. Prolific in a Drew Brees way? Maybe not. Yeah. But I definitely think that he is – more than capable of leading us to a division championship oh, and I'd taking agree. us deep into the playoffs. I'd agree. Especially with the talent that he has on the team. They're not, and he has said it, they're not playing as good as they want to, as good as they yeah. believe that they can right now. And I don't think that that surprises anybody. I think everybody kind of agrees with that. Um, 
people need to calm down. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, people need to calm down. Uh, if we had Jameis Winston, people would be going bananas on Jameis. That's Everybody's right. calling for Jameis to get in right now. We had Andy Dalton. Everybody's like, ooh, Andy Dalton. And then, and then, and then it was the same with Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. And, oh, and we should let Taysom do it. And when things aren't going fans' ways, everybody has a, a solution. Yep. There's a reason why coaches get paid to coach, players get paid to play, and GMs get paid to manage. Yep. We're 2-0. and Sit down. Stop being angry. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the win. And just woosah. Woosah. One week at a time. One week at a time. Um, Jamal Williams. Uh, This was a... That was was a a heartbreaker. Yeah. He goes out with a hammy in the first half. And I... Oh, I... I got a chance to speak with Jamal prior to the season. And I know he came in with a chip on his shoulder. There's a lot that he wants to do. So I know that him going off the field, he was... 31 different flavors of upset. Yeah. Rightfully so. Um, Dennis Allen chimed in uh, just before we sat down to do the show and said that it is a hamstring injury and Jamal will be out for some, some time. time. What does what that mean? That? So uh, that's one of the things that I love about Dennis Allen is he plays everything very close to the vest. He's not going to tell you. He's not going to tell you. Oh, he's going to be out from four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams could Good. be back next week, or he might be out four to four six, six weeks. weeks. Um, and maybe he knows and he's not telling us, or maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he hasn't gotten a, con- a confirmed diagnosis yeah. from a doctor. Maybe they're seeking a second opinion. Maybe hamstring is one of those weird injuries. You know, you see it come one week and somehow it's still there 12 weeks later yeah although it's been playing the whole time or you know it's whatever it might be you try and work through it those soft tissue injuries you see it with joe burrow right now out there in cincinnati it's just the smallest little tweak and you're back to you know 50 percent, and you're back up to 80 but see the problem with that is from a depth chart perspective jamal williams was rb2 alvin Kamara is rb1 he's under suspension through this next week we got to go to Lambeau to play Green Bay. Yep. Kendra Miller is RB3. He has been out all season, questionable, with an injury. Uh, you had Tony Jones, who was RB4, who jumped in um, and did well. And then, of course, we leaned on Taysom to catch a good chunk of the running yards, too. So what do we do now if Jamal is unavailable for Green Bay? You know, it's, it's so unique whenever you see Tony Jones, because I feel like this has sort of been his time as a saint. It's sort of... Will Tony Jones play? Will Tony Jones be a contributor? And you say, no, I think Tony Jones is going to be, you know, RB3. He's going to be there. He's going to be serviceable. And somehow Tony Jones ends up scoring two touchdowns on Monday Night Football and producing the majority of your points for your team. That's, you know, I guess what we were talking about just a moment ago, the role of everybody's a professional and everybody has to know how to do their job and when to do it. So you saw Tony Jones go out there and he proved that, hey, I may not be your starter. I may not, you know, I'm technically RB4 on the roster. But I can still go get you what you need when you need me to do it. You know, he had them a little miss on the touchdown pass, maybe. Touchdown pass, but he's made up for it. Two rushing touchdowns. Served as a great replacement for Jamal in that moment. And we'll see him and uh, old Miller up there get his rookie debut at Lambeau. That's quite a, uh, quite a unique place to start. So for all of the, the fans and listeners out there, uh, four hours prior to taping, uh, it was reported by ESPN 
Uh, to your point, Dennis Allen expects uh, Kendry Miller, who has been out with a hamstring yep. injury himself, to be a full go, full, full go, go at practice this week. So that's good news. Yeah. If he is full go at any point this week and he stays healthy throughout the week, he could, should be a full go Sunday in Lambeau. Very hyped. They're all throughout the preseason and offseason. You saw a lot of promise from him coming out of TCU. It would be nice if you could see some production up there in Lambeau, get you till Alvin's back. Alvin and him work together maybe for a couple weeks. And, you know, all is well. Blake Groupie remains perfect. Perfect. Which is so important. Absolutely. We keep winning these close games. Three points or less. How would y'all feel? Uh, and again, no disrespect to, to Will Lutz. You know, but we love the guy. He's a pro and he's amazing. So far, Dennis Allen called a shot. But Will has been imperfect this season. Mm-hmm. Blake has not. That very much. That one player. That one player. That one position could be the difference between two and zero and zero and two. That's right. Which shout out Sean Payton. Broncos are. Um, so just kind of putting that out there. Our defense. Yes. So getting back in, how nice is it that we have the the big three outstanding defenses? Tulane is killing. LSU Two. is Managing. I'm sorry, unaliving. Oh, I don't think we can internet term. Internet I don't think we can everyone. use the, the K word. Yes. The Saints defense. Pro defense. Everybody gets paid to play. Everybody mm-hmm. got a job to do. Everybody's That's right. being paid to play at the best level. One touchdown allowed through eight quarters. And that is a rare, rare form. And I'm, uh, look, I'm going to tell you what, I think they could have gotten away with no touchdowns through oh, two if they wouldn't have dropped to play prevent. Yep. They they decided to go bend, but don't break. We're up. There's, it's 20 to nine. We're not worried about it. They could score, and we feel pretty pretty strongly that our defense. And they just got dinked and dunked and dinked yeah. and dunked. They ate Bryce Young's lunch all game. Night. They had that boy so messed up in the head. At one point, he lined up under Behind tackle. the guard. The guard. <laughs> Like he would, he just he had. You saw, you see it. The running, running back was like, back. "Yo, move yep. over, bro." That's not what you're supposed to be. He was, "Oh yeah, I got to go behind the guy with the ball." He didn't even know where he was. Yeah. It was a tough night for Bryce Young. He had one good drive in the whole game, and it was because the Saints backed off. Yeah, I really feel like the Saints' defense, if they wanted to, they could have shut him down. Oh yeah, they absolutely could have. I I don't know that they did it on purpose. Hmm. However, it does bring me to my next point, and I'm going to have to tiptoe. And I'll be uh, around this one because <laughs> yeah. I can, I can, I can pose the quandary, uh, but I don't know what comments I can make on it. Saints win twenty to seventeen. Okay. Yep. Simple math: thirty-seven points scored. The over/under on that game was thirty-nine and a half points. Thirty-nine and a half, and uh, the outcome of that game prior to. The spread was three points. Saints by three. Saints win by three, just under the over-under. Now, because of my affiliations with the league and the team, I am bound by the anti-gambling policy. So even if I wanted to bet on games, I'm not. I can't bet you $5 on the outcome of next week's game. That's true. I can I can pose what I think will happen, but in no way can financial transactions That's right. be involved. Um. But I have questions. How is it that the Las Vegas crystal balls are consistently so accurate 
It is unflippin' believable. And because they are so accurate, it gets really, really hard to discredit the conspiracy theorists who believe that the outcomes of the games are controlled by sports books or scripts or one way or the other. Correct. And look, if y'all saw some of the TikTok videos, I'm telling you as somebody in an organization, we are not, I have a script. I do. I have a script. It is my PA script. It's the script that says, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome your... But it doesn't in any way outline the outcome of the games. And nobody where we are sees anything like that. So Mm -hmm. as far as we know, there is no script. We would like to believe there is no script. But I'll be damned when the outcomes of these games happen like this and they get so close. down to the wire. It's not even just our game. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you look at the scores, even in college, in pro and in college, Vegas almost 90 to 95% of the time was ding right dead on on one of two things. Either they hit the spread dead on Mm -hmm. or they hit the over-under dead on by like one or two. Maybe they were just off. And And I know that there are going to be people out there that go, yeah, but did you see the game where like they completely missed both? Those are the games that the conspiracy Mm -hmm. theorists are going, well, yeah, they have to do that to make it look authentic, to make it look legit, to make it look like things are unpredictable. Can can you see the... They're here with us in the room. They turn the TV off on us. They don't want us. They're shutting us down. I tell you what, if the lights start flickering, I'm running. That's right. I'll be out of here like Tony Jones. Oh, boy. But, um, yeah, it was unique, you know, particularly for those of us who uh, can wager, for those of us who can participate in such a joy, if you want to call it that. Uh, You know, you love to see the line push. That made a lot of people happy or a lot of people very sad. Some say the goal of it all is just to walk with what you came in with. So at the end of the day, you know, it was a entertaining game and you were bit by garbage time. Yeah, rough night for the Louisiana fan. Well, it was only a rough night if you were on if the wrong If you had side a little bit bed. on it. If yeah. you had a little bit on it. Oh, my God. It's just, it never ceases to amaze me how – and. It, Some big buildings out there in the desert. So while I'm, while I'm sitting there last night after the game – Polishing up the notes, yep. getting ready for the for the broadcast. The the ESPN coverage and Scott Van Pelt goes through and he does his bad beats oh, yeah. segments. Most all of the Louisiana schools were involved in that bad beats it was segment. A, uh, interesting and, week. And as I'm typing what I just said, I went, Oh my god. Oh my god. What? Another one? Oh, what? <laughs> and I I like I legit had to go back and start taking through and yep. looking at the lines. And I cannot, I cannot believe. I cannot believe. Yep. It's unreal. Our friends in Vegas. I need one of those friends. My bank account says I do. Whenever I can start betting on games again. Yep. In uh, grand old retirement land. <laughs> All right. So in just a second, we're going to come back. We're going to see how we did because we've been talking about the games. Yep. We predicted those and others. And um, somebody did pretty good for Oh, himself. somebody did good. And uh, we're going to take a look at that in just a little bit. We're also going to kick it around the boot. But first, from venison griots to coconut chili, chocolate tarts, so much in between. Friend of the show, Jade Dakota's Louisiana Outdoor Cooking features more than 150 recipes. You're going to want to get into this book now that the weather is starting to get where you're going to want to cook outdoor. 
These recipes fun and easy enough to make in your backyard or your tailgate. It also tells a remarkable story of how this Baton Rouge-based chef achieved national culinary celebrity. Fans of the reality cooking show Food Network star remember Jay as the runner-up in season 11, a strong showing that led to appearances on Chopped, Cutthroat Kitchen, and many other programs, including an episode of Beat Bobby Flay, where he did, in fact, Beat Beat Bobby Bobby Flay. Flay. So go to jdakoti.com for more information or to purchase Louisiana Outdoor Cooking, which is also available at Barnes & Noble and other fine retailers. Well, it's been another week here as we're getting Boots to Balls going this inaugural season. And, of course, we're thankful to be in this lovely studio. Thanks to the guys over at Echo and girls at Echo Tango, Tommy Talley, welcoming us into their space once again this week for another episode. Great opportunity, and we're glad to share it with you all. We just got to figure out where the connection is to Vegas and hit that disconnect. That's right. All right, you ready to kick it around the boot? Uh, I think it's time. All right, let's kick it around the boot. All right, here we go. Congrats again to Jane Daniels and Malik Neighbors, co-SEC Offensive Players of the Week. But those weren't the only Tigers to show out this week. We saw Journey Robinson and Anita Anwusi. Hope the pronunciation was right. They were named to the SMU uh, Volleyball Invitational All-Team, so that was very good for them. We love to see Lady Tigers putting in work over there on the volleyball court. Um, up for you? Uh, so we are about to talk some uh, some Pels news, the full Pelican schedule. It came out, including uh, the preseason and the TV listing. So if you're wondering uh, which of the Pelicans games uh, are going to be not only in town, if you can't go, but are going to be televised or where they're going to be televised, now you can find out. That schedule is available online. It is also available on your Pelicans app, which is a free download in your app store. And I do believe that we're going to end up throwing that up on our socials as oh, well. Absolutely. So pick one right there on the ticker. Uh, subscribe to all of them. Might I mean, as well. Why not? Might, Might as well. well. Um, and then you can access all of those there. The Pels start preseason two home games against the Magic, then the Rockets on October 10th and 12th before heading to Atlanta on the 14th for a three-game road stretch that will end with the season opener in Memphis against the Grizzlies on the 25th. Less than a month away there. It's getting close. It is indeed. Well, another event that's coming up close to us, uh, it's going to be the LSU Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That's going to go down, and there are some names here. We're not going to be able to go into in-depth on all of them, but we're going to give a shout-out to them. That's wide receiver Al Coffey, Coach Karen Bonson, uh, shot put uh, star Danielle Mitchell, uh, women's volleyball uh, star Nyla Shepard-Moore, a name we might know here, Dr. Sam Nader. 46-year member of the team. A lot went on with him during his time. Certainly was part of many different years, many different uh, ups and downs of the program. Put in a lot of work for the Tigers. But we would be uh, the most known member of this class. The most uh, memorable. The one that a lot of us grew up listening to. Grew up with that radio turned up on a Saturday night. Some guys maybe in frame emulated and wanted to be him at some point That's in their right. life. That's right. Very much so. That is uh, the voice of the Tigers. Jim Hawthorne will finally get his purple and gold flowers and he will be inducted into the LSU Hall of Fame for his 30 years on the network. And, you know, truly a one-of-a-kind voice. So many historic calls. You'd think Warren Morris at the College World Series. You'd think even Ryan Terrio a few years later than that all the LSU football national championships of the early 2000s. I mean, what a guy. There are some voices, when you think about Louisiana broadcasters and sports, 
that are, at least to me, iconic. Oh, absolutely. That will will go down. And I'm talking about just radio broadcasters yeah. at this time. I'm not I'm not talking about your, your in-stadium yeah. PA announcers. Uh, you've got Jim Henderson. Absolutely. Long-time Saints caller. Hokey Gaijon player yep. turned. Um, Buddy I think D. Deuce, Deuce McAllister. Buddy D. Um, Jim Hawthorne yeah. deserves to be in that number. Absolutely. An absolute iconic voice. Uh, when it comes to Louisiana sports broadcast, long overdue, welcome to the Hall of Fla- Hall of Fame. Absolutely, and well, while he's going into the Hall of Fame, we have somebody going onto the injury list for the Pels. Yeah, the Hall of Pain. Uh, it Hall is. of Pain. It is our friend Jose, 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 Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. Grand Theft. Oh no. Grand Theft Alvarado has suffered a ankle sprain. Now this is not looked to be hopefully deep into the season impacting right now predictions are saying I'm sorry well we'll say projections are saying anywhere from four to six weeks as we start training camp that'll be on October 3rd for the Pelicans so not too far away but season opener is on October 25th so got about just that four to six week time frame we'll see if Jose can make it in after recovering from that leg injury all summer uh had to sit out of the FIBA World Cup best of luck to Jose so Jose out, Trey Murphy the third recovering. Yep, recovering. Uh, thankfully, Zion staying healthy. Healthy. Because the Pels need to keep their stars. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Pels and their stars, in advance of the upcoming NBA season, the NBA has released new rules regarding the use of teams' star players, uh, healthy players' visibility to fans, and league honors requirements. For a complete breakdown of these rules, because there are a number of them, and they go into some pretty good detail, Um, we want you guys, uh, for a complete breakdown of the rules, the fines, the penalties, and exceptions, we're going to put them all up on all of our socials. Again, right there on the ticker, pick one. Pick them all. Um, Or you can just go to bootsportsnetwork.com to find out more about all of those things. Absolutely. I do believe we have kicked it sufficiently around the boot. I would say so. And it is time to uh, look back at what we did. Looking back. All right. So we predicted six games last week. La Tech, North Texas. Southeastern, Eastern Washington. UL versus UAB. Tulane, USM. LSU, Mississippi State. And Saints, Panthers. We start with La Tech versus North Texas. Mm, That was a game. That was a game. The final score in that one, 40 to 37, North Texas. So we were both wrong in team. We were. We were. But in the spirit of, so here's how I'm doing this. Okay. If we pick the exact same score Mm -hmm. and you pick North Texas and I pick La Tech, you win. Yeah. But if we pick the both, both teams, the, the, the loser, then we go by points. Okay. All right, so I'll, we I'll both, accept that. I'll we both, accept that. We I both, know what it means, but I'll accept it. <laughs> we both picked the loser. 40 to 37 was the final. Donald said 45 24. Respectable. Yep. Close. close. Off by 18. Somebody's closer. 41 30 was off by only eight there. So, yay. Bing for me. I'm happy with that one. I would like to say that you. You ate my lunch last week. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a different story last week. We'll I see to, how this goes. Here I had week. to come back this week. So, 1-0. Moving right along. Southeastern, Eastern Washington. 
It was Eastern Washington in this one, 40 to 29. Yeah. And we both picked Southeastern, hoping that Southeastern would find their first dub. <laughs> Did not happen. Was not meant to be. So to the point spread we go. Donald said 24 to 17. I thought it was mm. going to be a little higher scoring. 31-24. I was a little closer on that one. Off by 14. Two times, two times, ding, for me. Not my best week. All right. Hey, hold on. We still got four games okay. to okay. go. Okay, okay, you know, that's right. U-L-L-U-A-B. Uh, we said, uh, U- I said U-L, you said U-A-B. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm. Wait a minute. U-L-L-1-41-21. Yes? That's right. Yes. 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 I said U-L-34-30. You said UAB 3121. Technically, you were closer on points, but I picked the right team. So therefore. So I got to I got to I change that. Yep. That's I'm three and oh. Hey, go me. Sorry, Donald. <laughs> At least I got the number right. We I, can we can pat our back. Not only look, not only were you closer in point total, but you did actually hit um you hit the loser score. Yep. Twenty one to uh, twenty one. All right, so Tulane USM final twenty one to three. Mm-mm. Nah, no, nope, no. Nope. Neither one nope. of us saw that one coming. Um, I said with Kai Horton, I thought the uh, I thought Tulane wins thirty four twenty four. We did get Kai Horton. You said Tulane thirty eight thirty four. You were off by forty eight. Yeah, points. that was uh, with Michael Pratt starting. Did not happen. I'm gonna chuck that one up to uh, unknown circumstances. I was off thirty four. Yeah. Points, which was closer, but still ugh, two lane. Making us that's that's, that's our yeah. one Vegas game that we had <laughs> yeah. to throw off to keep it looking legit. Exactly. All right. Uh LSU versus Mississippi State 41-14. We know how that one went. Yep. Uh we bring in producer Brett for this one. Hey, how did that um NCAA simulation work yeah, out? I, heard I didn't it was see just that a thriller on the wall. at the end. I would like to throw in the show's new segment, Brett versus Brian Kelly. If there's ever a week where I, Brett Robles, who many many people don't know this, but this is a true story that I'm going to track for a second. I am in or was considered for the head coaching position coach Ogeron was uh, fired. Donald, am I correct this on this? This is technically and on paper, technically. <sighs> One real. episode, I'll bring it in. So I, I hate, I hate, hate, hate that I have to acknowledge that. Yes. But by syntax and grammar, you were, you were considered. considered. So speaking as not producer Brett, but Brett Robles, uh, can LSU considered uh, <laughs> the head football coach. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I've, I've often wondered looking at some of the games we've played, like for instance, in NCAA, I did beat Florida state this year. I was like, am I better than Brian Kelly? Who knows? Did they make the right hire? I think they should have hired me. So, um, if there's ever a week where I'm too busy, uh, where I can't do the NCAA simulation the following week, I will do it, make a short of it and compare my score to Brian Kelly to see if LSU was right and if I am the better coach. No, you can't do that. That's all right, for, I think there's uh, too much control in that. You you know how the game ends. <laughs> the whole point is to give a prediction beforehand. Well, okay. Um, I wasn't able to do it yet, but I swear to boot sports fan only if this video gets five likes, at least five. That's not much. Only five. That I, you know, those are rookie numbers. Get those numbers up. 15 likes. If Ooh, this video gets 15 likes on YouTube, 
and we hit 35 subscribers. The second that happens, I will release the short of my NCAA simulation wow. for this for Arkansas. <sighs> Sweet Jesus. I would love, I would love nothing more than to have Coach Kelly in here. Oh. You know what I want to do? Oh my God, this is what I want to do. Okay. I want, can you, like in NCAA, can you play LSU versus LSU? Yes, I can. Oh. Oh, can he beat himself? No, no, no. Oh, even no. better. I, oh, I no. Will say no, I no, will. no, no. Shh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> this is a million dollar idea, and I know somebody out there somewhere is listening can make this happen. We need to know once and for all if LSU made the right decision. <laughs> I want producer Brett versus Coach Kelly in NCAA. Whoa. I want it. Make it happen. He's never made a natty, and my NCAA statistics shows I've made 174 in Dynasty <laughs> mode. Somebody, uh, somebody get the athletic department on this somebody one. Somebody come get him. He is drunk. Go home. I speak facts. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so you don't have the NCAA for, uh, for that one. You did give a brain of Brett 38-7, which was hey. respectable. Respectable. That actually came in second place. You were only off by 10 points. You edged out Donald by one. He said 34 to 10. I was off by nine. So we were all ridiculously close. Yeah, yeah. I said 38-20. So, uh, so, bing, I'm 5-0 and today. And then Saints-Panthers uh, was 2017. Mm-hmm. I think we both thought the Saints were capable of more. Yeah. I still think they're capable of more. Oh, of they course. just did, they, they didn't get This was not it. the week. This was not the week. A nope. road crowd. Road crowd. Donald said 35-24. I said 31-9. Donald was off 22. I was off 19. So I am a perfect 6 for 6 this weekend. Ding for me. And we will see how uh, how well that translates. Will this be the only six and a week this season? Ah, time will tell. Time about will to, tell. We're about to find out. Uh, how does that work for the uh, the overall totals with my perfect six? I now jump for to uh, eleven for eighteen. Donald seven for eighteen. Brett uh, producer Brett is only two for six. Mm. I'm going to start docking you for not doing the NCAA's. That's going to be it's going to be games you forfeited. Please do. <laughs> All right, looking ahead, we got yes. to take a look at uh, at this week. We've got another docket o games to call. Six more to go. We'll start with Grambling at Texas Southern. Oh boy! All right, so this is I I think it has the potential to be a, a pretty interesting one. I feel like the first three drives that Grambling gave LSU showed Grambling that they were capable of doing yep. really big things oh, if yeah, they absolutely. wanted to. Uh, and I say that because uh, right after that that shellacking they took, uh, they came back to find their first win of the season in a fifty-eight to twenty-two route of Florida Memorial. Who? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Uh, but now they're going up against a winless Texas Southern team, who in the last two weeks has lost to Rice and Toledo by a combined score of one hundred and thirty to ten. Mm. This week, I don't think is going to be an easier pill to swallow for Texas Southern. Grambling, I think, goes over big. Oh. 61 to 10. 61 to 10 on the conference game. I'm going to have to take a different route. Okay. Take a different route. Now, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout or a runaway, but I do think Grambling sort of takes every quarter for themselves, and I think it ends up being right there, 38 
17. Okay. Sounds like a blowout, but I think, you know, Texas Southern is scoring every quarter. 17 points against Grambling would be more than Texas Southern has scored all season. You think they got it? I think they got 17 in them. All right. We're going to take a look at it. We'll see what happens when we come back next week. Moving right along. Southeastern versus Houston Christian. Come on, man. The winless Lions. They are the defending Southland Conference champions. (laughs) I know. It's it's hard to say. It's true. It's almost as true as producer Brett being considered for the coaching job at LSU. It's true. It's true. Uh, they are sitting at the bottom of the conference right now, preparing to start conference play with the one and two Houston Christian Huskies. Thankfully, this is the start of conference conference play for everybody in uh, in the Southland. Uh, so everybody is zero and zero in that conference. But there's a time for the Lions to turn it around. Uh, it is now. Yes, it absolutely. is now. It, it is, is now. Do or die time for Southeastern. Um, I want them to win. And and look. I have picked you like every week, Southeastern. You are my alma mater, and you have let me down consistently. Please, please don't do it again. I'm picking the Lions in a very close, ugly shootout, 38-34. I think that's a lot of points for the Lions. But when you play a team that shares parking lot with the CVS and has a stadium that's significantly smaller than most Houston high schools, if not, I believe maybe one or two middle schools. Um, I'm not gonna hold. I'm not gonna hold back here. I'm gonna let uh, HBU now HCU. I admit it. Go yeah, Huskies. You know we know a few people over there. But um, look, Lions take care of business. Lions put it in the win column. It's not gonna be a big game. It's not gonna be crazy. I think we're seeing Lions thirty, Huskies. This is going to be a little bit strange here. 16. Husky 16. Okay. 30 to 16. I am intrigued. Yes. Be interested to see. All right. ULL versus B-U-F-F-A-L-O. The Buffalo Bulls. Not the Bills. The Bulls. Bulls. They're coming down to Lafayette in search of their first win against a strong raging Cajun team. UL favored by eight and a half. They're averaging 36.67 points per game. Hold on to these numbers because yep. I'm going full on Vegas right here. Okay. Okay. You ready for this? UL favored eight and a half, averaging 36.67. Even in their one loss to Old Dominion, they posted 31 points. Yep. Okay. Buffalo is currently averaging 27 points per game. Okay. 27 points per game. That's the average, right? Mm-hmm. Plus nine. That's the UL spread where they're favored is 36 which is just a smidge higher than the over-under of 58. I'm hearing some math. But I like the numbers. I predict UL barely beats the spread, takes the over 36 to 27. That would be a fun one down there at Cajun Field. I think that UL will win. I think that UL will show that humidity is a real thing Uh, because those boys in Buffalo have been enjoying some very different weather than what they're going to see down there at Cajun Field. You're going to learn on Saturday. That's right. Um. Probably a little bit of a sloppy game here, but I'm going to say Cajun 27, Buffaloes 24. Don't quite know how it happens, but I'm going to say Cajuns take the victory. Keeping it close. Keeping it close. All right. Dig it. This is where the apologies start. Yep. Tulane versus Nichols. Nichols. Tulane comes back to Yulman to face a winless Colonels team in an in-state battle. If Michael Pratt is back, it's going to be quite the homecoming. 
even if Horton plays in his place after a win against Southern Miss, I feel like Kai Horton is going to have a nice boost of confidence partnered with a defense that uh, Nichols will have a very tough time with. Yeah. And and we didn't get a chance to talk about this earlier. Pratt was out. Tulane was favored by eight in this in uh, their their game last week. Do you feel like Willie Fritz said, hey, look, we got this. And we feel like Kai and the defense can handle. Why don't you rest up? Yep. And you can come back and you can play at home against Nichols in what will likely be a route and break the touchdown record. Or do you think he genuinely wasn't ready to go? I think it's a mixture of just trying to make sure he's ready to go for the next game, for that UAB game. I think that if he had to play, if he was facing an American conference team that week, he would have played. But you're going against Sunbelt, out of conference, run the matchups. I think Willie Fritz knows enough as a coach. He said, you know what, I'm going to trust my backup. I am a colonel by marriage, Mm. and I apologize to my Thibodeau family. Tulane 38-10 is my pick in this one. That's very kind. See, I I enjoy Thibodeau. (laughs) I enjoy uh, the Nichols campus. That's very kind. I enjoy... Live, uh, large live oak trees. I enjoy uh, strolls, you know, listening to great music, eating great food. Uh, Nichols, however, if you've watched, has not been the strongest team, not only in their own conference, but in most of FCS. This is a little bit of a rough-looking team. They're trying to get some things going, but I've seen enough tape so far this season, and I've seen what Tulane can do. I'm going to pull it out. Pull out the big zero for Nichols. Tulane wins 59-0. to zero. Ouch. I feel like I need to apologize to my family for One more Donald. time. One more time. Yep. Jesus. I had to do it to him. Sorry, too. Sorry, Nichols. I, look, I'm not quite as sorry anymore. Yeah. I feel see, like... I take all the pressure off of you, and then, you know, we'll see what Tulane does. Jesus, Pete. All right. LSU versus Arkansas. Arkansas. Those guys. LSU. LSU has invited the Hogs over for dinner. I don't think they know that they're the main course. Both teams are two and one, and um, uh, that other team was undefeated last week too. Yeah, Arkansas could be. They could have been three and zero oh, if not for a thirty-eight to thirty-one loss to BYU last week. But LSU, I believe they have started yep. to figure it out, uh, and I see another route on the horizon for yet another SEC foe. I just want to know who's bringing the pulled pork to the tailgate. LSU 45-17. 45-17. So, we know Sam Pittman likes to play a tough brand of football. We know that the small pigs from Arkansas like to put up a good run defense. LSU does not necessarily see that as a weak point. LSU can work around it due to a variety of elements. What I think is most important for the Tigers this week is that you're leaving healthy going into a stretch of a bit more difficult games. This line is way out of whack. It's got a big LSU favorite on it. I'm going to dial it down this week. I still think LSU handles business, but I think that they don't cover what is right now, looking at about 18 points. I think you're going to see LSU 38, Arkansas 21. Okay, thirty-eight twenty-one. Producer Brett, are we? Are you? You have something to offer? Excuse me. Uh, the, the The title is 
head, almost head coach. Uh, he had 10 minutes Fred. to sit there and say that 39,000 times in his head. Uh. Anyway, um, I want to bring something up about Arkansas that a lot of people forget from last year. We sadly, as much as no one wants to admit it, lost Texas A&M last year. I do not think we lost to Texas A&M due to Texas A&M. They were a dumpster fire. I think we lost to them due to the injuries caused by Arkansas. And Arkansas' defense has mostly come back from last year. With that being said, LSU by 50 and my realistic brain of Brett prediction is no less than... um, I'm going to go ahead and say... 28 to s- – nope. Oh. Yeah, yeah, 28 to 7. He says LSU by 50, 28 to 7. 28 to 7. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, to your point, I would just like to ask uh, very, very good points uh, as to why LSU lost to A&M last year. How'd they do to Arkansas? How'd they do against the, the Hogs? I believe it was 10 to 13. Um Snowing, yeah, Old it was game. snowing. It was it was a awful game. Yeah, um, I don't think that's going to happen. No, yeah, no. but uh, it was ten to thirteen, and it was truly a struggle of defense. And I will say their defense is returned, but as you guys point out, we can just throw the ball over it. Yep, uh, I don't think it's LSU yeah. has had difficulty I'm, running the I'm, ball anyway, and look at them still. I think we'll be fine. All right, last game on the docket: Saints Packers. Yep. I'm going to let you go first. You know, this is a lot of pressure. This is a lot. You know, you don't want to be the one to say it. You don't want to be the one to have to put it out there. But I'm going to hold it back this week. I'm still going to give the Saints a chance to go 3-0 and for the first time in a long time. Ten years. I have the Saints winning. I, and honestly, this is going to be a bit of a shocker for some of our listeners, for some of those who watched that game last night begging for a touchdown. I think Derek Carr will not necessarily light the world on fire, but I'm predicting him to get a little bit of momentum in the passing game, get a little bit of yardage going, get a lot of and Michael Thomas, just a touch. I got Saints, 30, Packers, 28. Close one there. I think it is also going to be close. Here's where my string of apologies continues. Oh. The Saints are 2-0. and they are still waiting for those few sparks of offense to ignite a full-on explosion. Yep. Last time the Saints started off 3-0 and was in 2013, yep. 10 years ago. Those Saints would finish 11-5. and They would go two rounds into the playoffs, losing to Seattle. Statistically, the Saints do not do well against Green Bay. No, they do not. Just generally speaking. In 27 meetings since 1968, the Saints have only won 10 of those 27 and seven of those were at home, right? That means the saints have only won in Lambeau field three three times. times. That is in the history of these teams meeting up. Uh, The latest of those games was in mid November. So that kind of bodes well for us, I guess. Uh, I want, I want so bad the saints in this one, but if they don't iron out those offensive communication chemistry, O-line issues, I think the Packers are going to hand us our first L. Mm. And look, hey, I want to be wrong. I do. But when we sat here earlier in the season and we gave our predictions on how far we thought the Saints would go, I said 
11 and 6. Yep. And that's a strong season. Very strong season. But that means somewhere down the line, you're going to lose six. Yep. I think this is one. I And, and it's okay. It's okay. I it's would okay. much rather lose this one than either last week against Carolina yep. or the following week at home against Tampa Bay. Take the L in Green Bay. Yeah, it would suck, but yeah. whatever. And then use that sting to motivate you the week following when you're back home with some clamoring, hungry fans who haven't seen you for three weeks against a division foe and put Tampa on the boat and send them back home. That's right. 24-20 Green Bay. Okay, not too bad. Not too bad. No. Please prove me wrong. But I think that's what it's going to be. As someone who doesn't care anything about the NFL or the Saints, I can't believe on a Louisiana show you're being a naysayer, 20 to 14 Saints. Whoa. A first prediction from what? Considered coaching candidate, Brett. How are we friends? Considered head coach candidate, Brett. All right, fine. I'm putting you in on this one. Brett says in a rare... Uh, Saints prediction, Saints twenty to fourteen. Was that was that your number twenty to fourteen? Care to put a wager on it? Five dollars. No, I can't bet you money. Can't do it. That's oh, the joke. Um, That's the joke. <laughs> what? Oh, gotcha. Back to the producer's chair. Oh you Lord. No, I can't do money, but um, handshakes. Oh, I could do other things. Sit ups. Dog walking. <laughs> Plenty yep. of options. Sit ups. If I lose, or sorry, if the if my prediction is not as good as yours, or if the Saints so lose, so if my prediction is better, yes, I'll do fifty push ups. You'll do fifty push ups. Yeah. All right. Physical fitness. We're all about it on this show. And if stop it, <laughs> a fitness taco in my mouth. Um. Okay. And if uh, if you win, I will come in wearing Green Bay colors and do the show. Uh, I'll do the no, well, no, because I picked Green Bay anyway. I will. I'll do the show in Atlanta colors. Oh, that's a deal. That's a uh, ooh, that's a wager. That's a wager. All right, it's, internet internet lives forever. That does not going away anytime it's, soon. It's been recorded. I like I I want to. Will be that hurt your job as PA announcer of the Saints? He's just wearing. Uh, I just said I was going to wear colors. I didn't say I was going to come out here. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't say I was going to come out here with a falcon all emblazoned. I'm not going to get an Atlanta rules tattoo on my forehead. Like I'll be here in a red shirt and some black pants. That's that's about it. That's really. about it. <laughs> that's about it for this episode. <laughs> In every episode, I've I've worn Saints colors. He wears yep. LSU. That's the gimmick. That's the thing. I now I actually have a reason to watch an NFL game. A very rare thing. Oh, I'm so happy I could help. Jerk. All right. Is there anything we've missed? I think we did about everything we needed to do. Learned a little about each other. Uh, <laughs> Before, Potential head coach and candidate down there got some great screen time. Coach Robles throws us off the uh, derails the train again. Yep. All right, we have we have discussed many many things, and hopefully 
Uh, you guys have got some comments. If you've got questions, comments, you want to include your predictions, you can hit us up and be a part of the show. We want you to watch. We want yes. you to interact with us. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. You can take the audio-only version of this podcast with you wherever you go on, Sp- on services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. That's a lot. The easiest thing to remember, Boot Sports Network. Dot com. It is your gateway to boots to balls and all things boot sports. That's where you can leave those comments, those questions, those predictions, and you can find us in all of your preferred podcast arenas. No matter where or how you listen, make sure to like and subscribe so that way you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on all your favorite social media channels. And uh, we are also freshly on TikTok. As freshly well. on TikTok. So do that. And then uh, you guys have a great boot sports weekend. I believe we will be back here next time. That's huh? right. And that's uh, Go Tigers, Houdat, and uh, Roll Wave. Hey, fun fact. I can't say that. Mm, can you? Yeah. I can't say uh, the Saints, who's that? That's a interesting predicament. So how about that? It is. Houdat for all y'all. I'll tell you why next time right here oh, on I'm another gonna... episode of Boots to Balls. Boots to Balls is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast does not render legal or financial advice. Remember to bet responsibly. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with problem gambling, reach out to your local gambling helpline.